0: The Great Cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. your Great Cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as
1: possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel a gully. Count the number of dot balls in a row. Sledge, 15 year olds make me feel better about myself. Thanks, champ. champ. Oh,
2: no, you called me champ!
1: Jack, yeah! Hello and welcome to the Great Cricketer podcast on the Diamond Podcast Network. India win the first test by a whole thirty-one of your cricket runs. Australia, how did they perform? We're going to deep dive that. India, how did they perform? They the best team ever. <laughs> The next test around the corner in Perth. Oh, by the way, India, uh, India uh, New Zealand had an amazing test series victory uh, in the UAE there against Pakistan. We're going to speak about that as well because also we've got Will Somerville, test debutant for New Zealand in that test match, took seven wickets. Uh, he is on the show. Also, Brittany Carter to, uh, to fill us in about what's going on in the WBBL. That's all before your questions with hashtag TGC. You already know my name. Uh, yes, we all know your name. <laughs> My name's Ian Higgins, and I'm joined by Dave Edwards and Sam Perry. I think I just confused your names in some capacity.
0: Um, Hi. Yes, g'day, Ian. Uh, Well, you know what's good about that intro? We can talk about cricket now. There's cricket being played a lot. A lot of people are watching the cricket. Before that, I guess like a group milestone, 50 episodes for the Grey Cricketer podcast. So, yep, the, uh, the collective back of the bat is being raised now. Are we gripping the bat on the actual blade or on the handle? Is it sponsorship? Is it budgie, you know, mm. sponsored? Great yes, chap, as things. we've
1: discussed, will me personally have like how he's ruined cricket in Australia. But one yeah, thing he did very well was celebrate, you know, appropriately. You know, he's like, if you go to, there's like a, he scored an Ashes 100 in each innings, I think, in, in England. And like when he scores his 100 to win a test match at, mm. might be the Oval, might be Laws, I forget. And geez, this story is going well. And he scores his second hundred in the second dig, and to, to to win the game for Australia, he turns to the pavilion and he barely acknowledges scoring a hundred. It means nothing to him, mm. and that's um, how we should celebrate right. fifty years. i to go the, the other podcast. way to
3: like when Ponting scored that ton directly after you know his wife gave birth to his first child. Oh, just a yeah. really mm. big embellished mm. bow to the pavilion, then maybe even rocking the
0: cradle. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Blowing my son ten months. But I think it's still relevant now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, The fiftieth episode to do yeah. that. I'm going that? to go Mark War, uh, as in the full face of the bat is shown, it's V100, um, but the hand never goes above the line of the shoulder, yep, so it's yep. more of a wrist flick mm. 100, so it says I'm still nonchalant, I've yeah. scored 100, I'm not going to put my hand above my shoulder ever because that would mean effort. never used his shoulders, has he? Mm. Everything no. he does is just wrist-based. Uh, yeah, Mark War's <laughs> never used his shoulders. That's a good, well, that's you you a good theory. theory. Like that. Can
1: I change mine to Jadeja when he scores a 15 and he does the Excalibur score sword thing? You can do that. It's really mocking. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the Indian cricket team and also maybe this if, if they come up, I'm not sure if they will in this episode. Okay, what
0: a test match! Yeah. very, very good test match. Good I think test match. like compelling, uh, close on the scoreboard. Though I think mm. India outclassed Australia for the large majority of the match. Australia had moments; they had fight, they had courage, but really, mm. and maybe we've got what we asked for. Ultimately, out of all of this sandpaper stuff, we had like the most honourable defeat. Mm. I've kind of seen For a very long time You know We've had enough Of dishonourable victories We had the honourable defeat Mm. We weren't quite in it You know It was Mm. a little bit Mm. Grade crickety Mm. Our batting Mm. India were a class above In Mm, almost all facets I would
1: say mm, Except for Pant Who at 5 for 111 Decides I'm going to whack us out
3: Of this trouble
0: I love Pant We'll talk about that later We'll get into Pant It
3: was a really Flattering result for us Wasn't it I mean the game Should have been called off On the fourth day
0: If if we're (laughs) being honest
3: (laughs) Uh. I mean, it like, like to, to and it was like to shout out the gold entry on the last day. It yeah, was, well, there's no money to be made from cricket. no one, came. one just call
0: the game off. Well, no one came from Adelaide as well. Adelaide go to some Test cricket. They're not Get going out to there. Tests, are they? I mean, yeah. the
3: members' pavilion was quite full, and maybe we can talk a little bit about our experiences at the game, yeah. um, mm. or not.
1: Yeah, no one went to the cricket in Adelaide. Yeah, get out there, Adelaide. And I
3: wonder why. Except but, well, one bloke in the member stand who was wearing a Make America Great Again cap. <laughs> he did that's say right. That. That's Which is a my enduring game. memory of Adelaide. Yes. Everyone is alt-right.
1: Well, yeah. it's a red cap and the, 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 the South Australian team wear red caps, so he probably just got confused when he was leaving the door. Well, that's what thought, we're that's thinking not my like sack he just had hat. hat. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had his sack of hat on the <laughs> <laughs> hat stand, but it's actually his grandson stitching him up. <laughs> 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 Where are these
3: grandsons? His early <laughs> 20s LA-based screenwriter grandson stitching him
1: up. I like that he's making a political statement about US politics from, you know, just conventional means in South Australia, um, in his, in his homestead. Um, back to the cricket. No one was, was at about the, no guy. one was yep. at the Adelaide Sorry. test match. And, um, a, and, you know, this was the first time in a couple of years that they haven't had a not, a day night test match. Yeah. Last year was the Ashes. And it was everything that anyone was talking about, wasn't it? And We've yeah. lost the
0: pink ball test. Yeah. We've lost the day night experience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fuck me. It was hot in Adelaide. Mm. Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, look, on, on the flip degrees. side
0: though, like, Um, Our friend Bredig put out a good article sort of crunching all the numbers and the ratings like people did watch the game on TV yeah. as we know sport is a TV show now it's yeah. a reality TV show mm-hmm. a cheaply made reality TV show mm-hmm. and uh, quite a few people watched the match like I, I think there was still a little bit of interest but the question is like you know does he, now that we understand that like you know the manner of this loss from Australia was like it was it was a fairly I felt like it was a fairly comprehensive victory to India and it kind of it lets us know where Australian cricket is at does the public have the appetite mm. for an Australian cricket rebuild you <laughs> You know, like, are we are we, are we that good or are we, are we still so entitled and so kind of tethered to the golden era that we're going to mm. kind of run out of patience fairly quickly? Because all of the component parts were there. There was fight, there was courage, yeah. there was Pat Cummins' eyes, there was the goat, mm. you know, there was a good catch from Kawaja. But, like, when you just watch that batting, it was like, oh, man, they're, they're now, better than us. Even watching it live, it was yeah. just like, they, these guys can't get off strike. They can't get one off the square, right. as you'd say. Well, in we're, grade sl- cricket.
3: we're slow at hitting runs mm. and we're also... Losing wickets. So like, yeah. it's the opposite of the, the Darren Lehman <laughs> philosophy of play your natural game. Yeah. Go out there. It doesn't matter if you lose wickets if you're scoring at five and over. Yeah. But we're scoring at like 1.85 and over
0: and losing wickets rapidly. We're slow. It was strangulation. And bad. It was a slow strangulation of the Australian mm, like a batting order. Boa constrictor. It was. it was a Boa constrictor. Jas- Jasper Boomer and co. were Boa constrictors. very good voice at it. We got done by the Boa constrictors.
3: <laughs> It's funny because we actually scripted that before the episode. It's funny that you're laughing at it. Uh,
0: I just like one thing that struck us while we stood at Adelaide having six or seven drinks um, before going out the back was like how fast the Indian bowlers were. Like I I have to admit, going going into the match, um, I thought yeah lots of good mm. lots of talk from woke international cricket followers about how mm. good India's bowlers are, but are mm. they really you know you need to bowl one forty plus out here? you need to be able to bump guys yeah mm. um you know, I think our guys know how to score runs on our decks. Um, credit to Adelaide Oval for, for producing a deck that had something in it for everybody. Mm. Um, that doesn't happen in world cricket that much anymore. That's a, that's, a, that's a good, virtuous thing that Australian cricket has done there. There was something for everybody there. Mm. Um, those Indian quicks, and we won't talk about Ashwin just yet because he's the best um, finger spinner in the world. Sorry. nah, um, he's not. He, he, oh, I disagree. Okay, I disagree cool. Well, everything's binary. Um, those quicks were amazing. Um, they out-bowled our bowlers and they also out-bumped our bowlers mm. as yeah. well, and they were relentlessly off stump and we were, we were cooked. I
3: mean, I'd agree, and I'd probably put myself in the category of underrating those quicks before yeah. they came, purely on aesthetics because the way that mm. Boomerah <laughs> approaches the wicket, kind of nervous, stuttering, like, is he going to get there? And then he kind of lifts his arm up in this weird kind of angular, you know, like half of an X mm. um, towards the sky, <laughs> in, in joke. Um, yeah. But he still bowls like, you know, high 140s on a length, moving it away. Mm. Um, same with Shami, kind of just looks like a grey cricket trundler. Mm. But he's actually a lot quicker Mm. um, than you give him credit for. And they just put it in the right spot and just troubled us Mm. relentlessly for days.
1: Had a text text from the guy in the UK – uh, about Shami, who said like he didn't get really any wickets in England, but he was probably the unluckiest bowler in the entire thing. And like, mm. I mean, we were watching uh, specifically Hanscom, and yeah. like, I mean, this is Hanscom two point as you were saying on the that's TV right. show last week. Yeah, and he's it's just like a three But he still doesn't look like he knows where to score. Yeah, uh, like well, the two point one, just like a little software update. Yeah,
0: software, software update. Up, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Pete <laughs> Hanscom's iOS bug fix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just, <laughs> just yeah. refresh yeah, your just iPhone please. update. But he yeah. hasn't updated. There's
1: there's a lot of bug fixes. Yeah, still got old app technology. Um, it doesn't look like he can score. I mean, like, should we go back to even the the selection issues of well, no issue. I mean, Mitch Marsh was dropped from yeah. the side, and they picked an extra batsman, and you can sort of see why because yes. we just cannot score a fucking run. Yeah, we yeah. we can't we can't bat. We can fucking yeah. buy it. We, we cannot, cannot buy I mean, a like run. How there. much pressure there was on Usman Khawaja to score.
3: Well, but just, even Khawaja, the way that Khawaja played, yeah, like that was I was troubled. I was yeah. really really quite troubled. Yeah. Um, in his second innings, let alone the first, which wasn't great. I mean, mm. there was a lot going on around him in terms of his personal life mm. directly before the test. Yes. he, I
1: don't know it kind of just didn't look right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean Travis had that well that was a post side. I mean I was yeah. I was think I mean the the chat was you know uh Hanscom for Marsh but then I was also thinking like well actually, I actually think it's probably Marsh ahead of uh, oh, sorry um Travis head ahead of Mitch Marsh and then mm. uh did they get the selection right? I mean that's they, yeah. I, I don't
0: I don't think there's a co- like judging from that match I'm not sure there's a combination of players that exists with Australian nationality that kind of become superior over India in this mm-hmm. series. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're talking about a lot of six or sevens out of ten in the Aussie side, yeah. a lot of, uh, got, you know, and we'll get to Sean Marsh in a second, but, uh, yeah, like, mm. the, I'm not sure it's a selection or combination thing. I think, like, the nature of that loss was such that, like, you, I think Australia needs to take a deep breath and go, ooh, this is going to take a while. And, and mm. you know, the only, uh, like, maybe, maybe that sounds a little bit... um. Negative, but like the only hundreds I see from Australian batsmen are if it's an absolute road. Mm. Uh, you know, there was no runs down the ground because the pitch didn't allow it, which was great, which is a great thing. But I'm just thinking Australian batsmen without that pace coming onto the bat, uh, pace of the ball coming onto the bat, you know, are going to struggle. I mean, and the, the thing that really stood out when we were watching it live was how much they struggled to get off strike, like to yeah. manipulate the well, ball, the to rotate. Like, they just couldn't do it. I mean, back in the day, that was what
3: good Australian cricketers did best, like, yeah. you know, ponting. Yeah, like, right. they get in get the, into their innings really quickly and yeah. early, drop one at their feet, run hard, yeah. get off strike, yeah. rotate the strike, mm. get their innings underway.
1: And we're just not... We're just not doing that mm. anymore. We're not even looking like we want to do that. Well, it could be it could be this thing coming back to Australian batting approach and the, yeah. uh, dealing in boundaries, even numbers. You know, yeah. there's there's no there's no approach to get themselves off strike because well, they just want to hit fours.
0: You know, well, we know the feeling as like mediocre grade cricketers. You yeah. know the feeling when you get out there and you're facing a bowler who's better than you, and you understand all the theory of batting and stuff that sort of says get off strike, bat at the other end, get quick singles, rotate it if you're struggling. But like if somebody is kind of um, standard deviations better than you, mm. Then uh, it all that goes out the window, and you're just trying to survive. And I felt like that happened quite a lot mm. with the Aussie batsmen. It's mm. got to get bound, yeah. Boundaries. It's dealing boundaries.
4: Increase and,
1: your run rate, but you're going to get out. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, there's so many things in this test match, but Pant actually equaled the record for most catches, yeah. and he got 11. So, yeah. so we were nicking them. I mean, yeah. usually teams come yeah, Australia's here. Australia's scorecard
3: yeah. was all just courts. Yeah. Like, it looked really... It looked yeah. good, actually. Yeah. It except triggered for, me.
1: Except for Finch, who was bowled 18 times by that first delivery. Like, that was just out <laughs> in so many ways.
0: Well, Finch, I mean, I think, yeah, like... Paul Finch I think probably emerges from that test match probably the most uh I wouldn't say dishonored but like the the seems the most shame. likely to, most shamed and loss of face exactly <laughs> yeah. this is the Asian century loss of yes. face is everything uh he, he will retain his spot for the second test because they've sort of been given a two-test guarantee, as I understand it. But, I mean, to me, he looked like the guy that was like – where it kind of made sense to me why a lot of his, like, Victorian teammates and ex-players were heavily questioning his spot at the top of the order. Again, I didn't. I thought, well, you know – He's done well at the top of the order in One Day Internationals. He's on his own wickets and whatnot. But, I mean, you could just see that, like, he was kind of and all low. at sea. And uh, when he got bowled and there was that, like, stump explosion, which became, like,
3: <laughs>
2: n- instant yeah. meme.
3: Like, we, we made a tweet, like, three seconds after it yeah. um, because we knew that it would get bulk numbers, as they say <laughs> on Fox Sports, which we're no longer with. But, yeah. like, he kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Watson in a way, like front dogging, susceptible to the LBW. I'm a little bit scared that he's going to go down that path and be, become the new
1: Watson well, before Watson
3: reinvented himself again with a yeah. bug fix.
1: Mm. Okay, so let's get into the new Watson joke, and that's to talk about Sean Marsh. Right. So, just before we jumped on the air, I was talking about how I did a tweet from my personal account just mm. saying, like, what, what's the problem when the guy scores, when the guys that we need to score runs scores runs because you hate him that much that yeah. it's just like, nah. But, like, it's, so, it's sort job. of prefacated on, like, okay, he averages 35 in yeah. test match cricket and he's batting four. That's a huge problem, but that's not his problem. The problem is that there's literally no one who is clearly better than him. Yeah. There, there, there are some similar options. Maxwell's one, Stoinis. Yeah. Yep. You know, someone said Manson. You know, they've mm. got some younger guys, Sanger, Pekofsky, et mm. All these guys... Yep. They are just not better. But they're, they, fresh they're, faces they're not significantly better. They represent something different and new. I just mm. can't cop it. It really like dri- mm. drives me to distraction. I try not to get angry about it, but like, he is, he is our second best batsman. Like yeah. he, he, Like last week. <laughs> But playing for Western Australia, he got hundred and fifty in the second innings to chase chase he's down. He's been
3: teasing us like he's been around since the two. He's been around since the year two thousand playing professional cricket. Mm. Like yeah. I was, he's yeah. fifteen. Age. Like this pre nine eleven. Yeah, He's pre nine eleven. That's pre-9/11 right. Pre
0: nine eleven cricket, which should actually comfort us. Yeah, it was simpler times. But friends yeah. was on. Yeah, era yeah. friends. Friends, friends was on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Secret life of us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I mean, I, I can see the argument against Shaw marsh in that like he's kind of the lightning rod for all of the players that others would prefer to have seen given a go yeah. so there's a lot of other guys maybe not his contemporaries a bit younger but there are a lot of guys who don't get given that same saloon yeah. passage or that same rope to make it and i guess that is premised on the idea that if you are invested in for a long period of time you should um have a return on that ROI. investment, and that ROI should be because we all grew up in this golden era. That should be an average of forty-five plus. Mm. It's, uh, not, it's not with sunk Sean cost Marsh. Fallacy. That's right. No, it's a sunk as cost they fallacy. say in business,
3: you poured so much into this that you must
0: actualize it. When yeah. in reality, you should just accept mm. that it is part of the fallacy. However, mm. the fallacy is that like our generation doesn't have anyone who averages over forty-five, and that like Sean Marsh is probably averaging as high as anyone else would. That's mm. what the selectors think. Others would argue that well, if you gave Maxwell the same amount of time in that side, or Joe Burns, or even, let's just say, Michael Klinger, um, for argument's sake, sure. who, who's obviously retired a few years ago, then you'll get a better ROI mm. on him. It's all mm. going to be hypothetical. I mean, I just think Australia is yeah. you know, in a moment where like the best we but can do is get guys who average 40s in general mm. want, you know high
3: yield immediate returns on right. investments you know it's right. the way that Negative my stock yes. portfolio is purely yeah. speculative it's all tech stock it's all yeah. nasdaq shit yeah mm. i'm not i don't care
0: about low yield mm. long-term investments yeah. i want an immediate payoff so you're saying that like the approach because we're going to go into like the what these trans selectors should do mm-hmm. now that we kind of understand that what we've got is not good yeah. enough like i see there's two roads that they can go down right one is like go while smith and warner are away mm-hmm. it's all like it's almost like all eyes on the ashes now. I know. I'm I'm not saying the series is entirely over, but God, the manner of that defeat was like was was jarring mm. for me. Like, mm. do you then invest in like four or five absolute youth products, yes. get a few tests mm. under their belt, so that when they get to the Ashes, they've actually played a little bit, yes. or do you go for like off-the-shelf white label products that can, you know, hit, hit there for the here <laughs> and now yeah. burns. Cameron White, nah. Maxwell, guys who can come in and go. Right. But you, you want the yield now, though, well, don't you? Oh, yeah, I do. I want, do. The I want a mix of you know off-the-shelf
3: products yeah. that I can just take. I don't have to customize this yeah. product. I can just yeah. put it out there, you can put the brand to it, and right. sell it, yeah. and go. And great no, margins. Will move that You'll move that product. We'll move it. It'll move. It's a product. Yeah. that will move. Yeah. But mm. I also That's want burns. some speculative
0: stock. Yeah. So Pakovsky. I need a Pakovsky. Sanger. Mm. Sanger. Oh, so you want you want you want a mix. It's like fiber to the node or fiber to the premise. A bit of a mix. I want a fund
3: manager who can put this stock together for me. I don't have to think too much about it. Yeah, um, because I don't want to think. You want the Turnbull NBN. I want the Turnbull NBN. I want fibre well, to the premise. I want yeah. it all the way up my driveway. Yeah. I want the fastest possible
1: speeds I can get from fibre optics. Well, this literally comes full circle here because because we're saying at the beginning, you know, what the Australian public want, you know, like, and would you prefer to for Australia to would you prefer for Australia to win this series? Or would you prefer by picking guys like Sean Marsh? Or would you happy for us to lose 4-0, which we'd likely do if we picked younger guys Mm. in the hope that they're going to be more prepared for the Ashes? Because on the TV show last week, we said Australia have to win one of the th- next Great. three biggest they series. They, got, they yes. have they have to win. Yeah. Yes. You know, I mean, nothing will happen if they don't. Or what? But like, yeah. you know. no.
0: No, But they have to.
1: Yeah, they have to. No, yeah.
0: you, on a personal level, as like a grown adult who can like, I believe I can handle losses, like I could mm. watch that cricket all series and, and handle losing four nil or three nil or something, because it was good. Mm. It was good cricket. And mm. you'll watch guys grow through it. I'm just, I worry about the patience of the public at large yeah. on losing. Mm. And, the thing is right I think that like it's natural to go okay if we're going to lose let's invest in the next generation so that that doesn't happen again however that has actually been the philosophy of Australian cricket that's been Greg Chappell's philosophy find the 10 year player mm. chuck him in but what it what's actually done is we've put those guys in too early they've ended up exactly. damaged goods and now they're 2.0 and 3.0 2.2 bug <laughs> fix yeah. so like but we don't have any off the shelf products yeah. either to I bring in so that, like I'm cooked.
3: scared about the long term damage that this will have if we don't correct this really quickly like you know the cuckification or the sissification yes. yes. of Australian cricket mm. is a real concern for me. And we were talking mm. about that off air.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, do you think it will end up like we've seen in many kind of like early 20th century scenarios actually mm. arousing our need to get aggressive and angry again? Do you th- can you see that coming? I don't yeah, see absolutely. a lot of people saying we need to be tougher after that loss. Mm. I'm not seeing a lot. Well, just yet. let's, right. so there's been a bit of thought leadership on this from like,
3: you know, powers that be in the, in the journalism world who, yeah. are, you know, trying to temper expectations, mm. laying
0: the groundwork there, but oh, fuck, I need a win. There was a bit of Mitch Stark, uh, oh, needs to improve his body language stuff from Johnson, which I see as kind of the, uh, mm. there's just a little bit of a dog whistle. Yeah, yeah, That's the first yeah. Use of that well, time. let's, let's get into, you know, <laughs> some, some sledging as it were.
1: I don't know if you've even caught that. So what happened was, um, the, you know, the rival broadcaster Fox Sports decided mm. to turn off the commentator's microphones yeah. and then they, they had the stump mics turned up and yeah. it was Ashwin Bowling. Pant was talking to, um, Pat Cummins. Yeah. Uh, uh cider. cider. And, uh. His family owns a cider business. And. <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. And, um. And, it's uh, weird they call it It's that. weird to be yeah. fair. it's like, a family public. business. It's a fa- yeah, it's a family business, organic yeah. products, etc., etc. Um, so. so uh, you guys heard what Pant was saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wish I didn't. Let's deep dive it because it was some of – the most mundane boring chat no one swore at anyone mm-hmm. you know if that's what sledging has become my god help us
0: i'm really curious about their decision to do it and what ha- came fox around Waters i, I have to like i have to be honest be- because i was upstairs and away from my smart tv where i watched channel 7 ad nauseum at all times yeah, so where yeah, um yeah, yeah, yeah. As them, as possible. i had to stream fox and so I, I was on the fox um coverage and i got to say i was like Curious to listen to that part Otherwise I was streaming Grandstand with it turned down Right And I'd I'd turn it on So On the one hand Like It is It is interesting to see What he's saying Uh I wonder whether he was told that that would mm. happen and whether there mightn't have been like a, it mightn't mm. have been a little cheeky move from Fox Sports to see whether they could get him to get him in trouble. Mm. You know, because as we know from sandpaper stuff, mm. um this isn't speculation. Like mm. the South African broadcasters mm-hmm. who caught that footage mm. were cock-a-hoop. We have journo friends who yes. have confirmed this. That's mm. that's public information. Yep. I just wonder whether um uh, how much the Indian team were aware of it? Maybe they were aware of it. I don't know because I'd be nervous if it was if, if it was Australia. Yeah. If, like, oh, oh my goodness! Would they yeah. have done it if it was like kind of you know Finch no. under the lead and Hanscom no. and stuff? Yeah. Well, like, the ACA it's too would much have to had lose. a bar of that. They but, would have yeah. you know there would have been seventeen written submissions about it. You would know, be having a lawsuit right now. Well, imagine that. Like imagine mm. if you just like maybe let's say Hanscom, for argument's sake, had said something kind of under his breath or mm. whatever. Like that would devalue the broadcast because it would just kick off fucking three more weeks of like news mm. cycles about mm. Australian behaviour.
1: Tim Payne, you were just. I sort of heard Tim Payne talking about his three his three step plan. Skin, Skin yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. N- yeah, Nivea Finchie uh, yeah. mostly. Uh, yeah, a bit around the eyes with the crow's feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, wax. Yeah, dry. dry wax that I use for the hair. That's how he sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you can't stop it. Yeah,
3: yeah. it's like yeah. Stewie on Family <laughs> Guy. Yeah. You got the wax there. Yeah. Protagonist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that you know when we do have the return series in India that you know Star India or whoever the current broadcaster is mm. repays the favour to Australia, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then we'll truly know whether this cultural review has had any kind of effect. I
0: mean, most people like. Um, I, I don't think, yeah, most people would know what it's like for a test keeper to be like chirping in your ear while you're batting though. Like, I, I mean, trying to put yourself in Cummins shoes and by God, I would love to do that. But, um, yeah, a lot of space. like, it's it still, it still would have been quite annoying because you have a keeper in your just going like, hit this one for six. so I hit him on the pad. Mm. Oh, he's not putting the bad ball away. Well, like that, of, that, that is annoying. It
1: kind of sledged Ashwin because like Ashwin bowled the ball wide out sort of off stump and then Cummins just let it go because I like, need yeah. to face a yeah. handful of balls. And he's just like, Oh, not hitting the bad balls here, yeah. Ash. Just but, like, so I mean, was I, can yeah. I can relate to that. I can
3: relate. To that as a bowler, because sometimes, yeah, your, your fielding side will say, "Who's not putting away the bad ball?" And mm. you're actually pleasantly happy with that ball and how it mm. travelled through the keeper <laughs> yeah.
0: and how it hit the gloves on the yeah. full for once. I reckon Ravi Ashwin's fairly <laughs> secure in his own sense of what a good ball yeah. is. He was yeah. amazing, Ashwin. Mm. He was excellent. Well,
1: because I mean, this happened when Australia went to South Africa in a very uneventful tour, otherwise. Yes. Um, where Australia asked the broadcaster to turn the stump mics down, yeah. <laughs> you know, which was, in yeah. hindsight, a bit of a red flag. Yeah. yeah. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Um. <laughs> But uh, what Australia decided to do was they started to talk about rival products of uh of like Castle Lager I think's the main, uh, main yeah. and they're they were talking focused, about they? they were talking about uh you know, just yeah, just Completely ruining their, uh, yeah. you know, commercial enterprises. Yeah. Good
0: to see their their minds are on cricket itself. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then nothing else happened in that tour. Yeah. Okay. Um. This is this has gone a little bit longer than what we had planned, but um. We do need to speak about uh, New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, winning in Pakistan yeah. in literally the exact same conditions against the exact same team that yeah. Australia yeah. just got pumped by. Yeah. <laughs> so if we want to see where we're at in cricket yeah, right yeah. now, we look no further. Than um, that series as a barometer. get for us to get Will Somerville on the show. Yeah. Obviously, plays in cricket for New South Wales. Yeah. Grew up in uh, – he was born in New Zealand but then played a lot of cricket here. Yeah. Um, but he debuted, um so we'll have him on the show soon. But yeah, like uh, Pakistan uh, – they lose a series when they couldn't chase 160 in the first tests. Yeah, but can you yeah. –
3: Benchmark on Pakistan? Like, it's I'm not it's sure. a very
0: difficult benchmark. Mm. I mean, well, I guess, but all the variables were relatively the same. And I suppose you'd say that the difference is that, like, um, which you know, Kane, Kane Williamson plays for New Zealand and we have no batsmen. Good <laughs> and, like, you know, he he won them. Mm. I mean, a lot of them won that last test for them where they actually clinched the series. But, um, mm. you know, he is one of those, like, all star batsmen who mm. makes a difference. And, like, it's, it's funny because the, the, I guess the significance of the New Zealand win from our perspective is like, well, it's more information about where Australia is in the pecking order, yep. well and truly mm. fifth and sixth yes. in the test rankings. Like, yep. it it makes me wonder actually how much we've been struggling for a while and just being propped up by Smith and Warner, mm-hmm. really, because yeah. I, I just mm. – like, I, I realise I'm bringing it back to Australian cricket, but, like, I don't see – like, their problems seem so systemic and ingrained, like uh, – I don't see the sliver sliver of light <laughs> for, for Australian batting. I don't see who's coming through. I don't see where the numbers are. Or like, you know, you're mm. hoping that the current crop might grow together. But like Test cricket so fucking hard. Like that, th- you know, Ishan and. Boomer and Chummy and Ashwin aren't going to let fucking Travis Head no. grow, you know. Well, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they go to England, Mate, like I and think, it's Anderson, yeah. I like, I like back in the day, we could just put some new guys in and we'd pump whoever
1: was visiting.
3: Yeah, five we need mil a couple of in.
0: Bangladesh visits and stuff yeah. if we could see if we can just beat them. Yeah. Possibly, but we don't do
1: those anymore. Yeah. Well, we just replaced you know one of the outgoing batsmen, Stuart Law, who, who then averages fifty yeah. in test matches and never plays again. Mm. Um, Yasir Shah got twenty nine wickets in yeah. a three test series. He and he did not bowl well against Australia. Yeah. He got, he got the second most wickets by Pakistani in a three test wow. series ever. Um, he took fourteen wickets in the first test. He yeah. took uh, it took, uh twenty nine wickets in three yeah. tests. It's insane. I also, did my also, but then to, to to your point, just like how much of Smith and Ward been propping us up. You go outside that, you know, guys like uh, Patel and Somerville who have not played test cricket mm. before. They're mm. like the rever- the, re- the reserve reserve spinners yeah. to Ish Sodi who got dropped, mm. and then um, uh, tr- um, Astle. Yep. Um, Todd Astle. Todd Astle. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, injured as well. So these are reserve reserve. And then just cleaning up. Came and the job. Bowled so well. And whilst, meanwhile, we had John Holland who, you know, for the best will in the world, did not bowl well in the UAE. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Where's our depth? Yeah. Mm. Like, I mean, we've been propped up by our bowlers. We do not even going to the stats about them outscoring the batsmen and stuff. But like, there was actually a really interesting article in the UK Sunday Times over the weekend that the Oz reprinted, um, com. Sorry. <laughs> um. And it was from Simon Wilde, and it was actually about the rise of spin bowling this decade. So he crunched a lot of very good numbers. And both in 2018 and this whole decade, the average of spin bowlers in test cricket in all formats actually has gone down on previous years. Spinners are winning more matches in all formats of the game. They're becoming more important to winning cricket. Um, you were just quoting some stats there. There's a lot of Asian tests, way more than there used to be, no sure. doubt about it. But like, it just goes to show that like cricket is actually changing. If spinners are more important than they used to be, you have to bat a bit differently And, like, we're really lucky to have Nathan Lyon, who's probably the best player in our team at the moment. Mm -hmm. Who is there after that? You know, Mm -hmm. like, it feels like a – you know, we talk so much about the 90s and the early 2000s. -hmm. Mentally, are we still there? Are we still playing cricket like that? And is that – Partly We're playing what, cricket, what explains yeah. why. straight lines, yeah. ball
3: machine, hit pitch yeah. hard, hit ball hard and mm. straight right. or square. Game's no grey area. Yeah. Or, and or, a, yeah,
0: look at our coaching and you know, yeah. it is kind of from that era a little mm-hmm. bit or earlier too. Well, they're all mm-hmm. our commentators. Yes, like, as I was say, all yeah. the
1: commentators, all the guys in coaching are the guys who are just genetic freaks who want yeah. everything and they're amazing. Just yeah. like best yeah. ever generation. Be like us. Yeah. Be like us, the same thing. Just one last thing before we go to the break. Uh, I saw a stat. Kane Williamson, uh, in the last five years. So batsman, who, who have the highest test averages in fourth innings of the last five years? Kane Williamson averages 65. Yeah. That's 14 more runs than the next highest, whose name escapes me. We always we always give you know, Smith and Warner a bit of a rough time for scoring cheap runs in the second innings. They average 48. Yeah. Uh And Coley averages about 45, something right. like that. So yeah, right. that's how good Kane Williamson is in the second yeah. innings. So what fair play, what a player. Okay,
0: let's get them into
1: Australia. Actually, crowded house. That shit. Yep. Crowded house. Russell Crowe, file up, etc. etc. And Pavlova. All right. Uh, Brittany Carter coming up. Then after that. Test debutante for New Zealand winning a test in the UAE there. Will some
2: of them. We grade cricketers work hard. Everything has to be hard at all times. Work hard. Circuit hard. Just be hard. Never smart.
0: Always hard. Boys, friend of the show joining this morning, it's Brittany Carter, sports journalist with the ABC, ball-by-ball ball cricket caller as well of late. She can tell us all about that. Brittany, welcome back to The Great Cricketer. You were with us in 2016. We've all come so far.
5: Yeah, it's good to be back, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. So you've been doing the BBL, uh, WBBL stuff Brittany, you've just called your first game uh, for the ABC. I understand the the Sixers sit atop the table at the moment. They look like they're going to go all the way. Um, Can you just kind of give us a bit of a primer on where we're at with the WBBL, who to look out for?
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Sydney Sixers have been strong all three, four years of this competition, Um, and I think a lot of that is around that New South Wales contingent making up so much of the Australian team too. And I think because we had the World Cup over in the Caribbean, and we saw players like Elisa Healy and Elise Perry and also Ash Gardner do really well over there. And they've just come back and continued that form for the Sixers so far. So Elise Perry actually made her first ever century in the Women's Big Bash um, on that Friday night that I was calling for the ABC at North Sydney. So she really likes to perform there. And yeah, the Sixers are currently two from three at the top of the ladder. Just behind them is the Sydney Thunder. So Sydney team's doing really well so far.
3: Uh, look, Elise Perry, obviously an absolute legend of the game already, even at the, her age that she is. Um, can you just contextualise mm. her performances for us? Because, as you say, on the weekend, you know, her first century followed up with a seventy odd, I think, and a couple of wickets. Um, a great weekend for the Sixers. But can you contextualise her performances in the, you know, against the rest of the competition? Is she that far ahead, or where are we?
5: Well, she's been the leading run scorer for a couple of seasons out of the four. Uh, And as as I mentioned, we're into the fourth edition now. So she's obviously been a bit of a stalwart for Australia for a long time. And uh, it's interesting that she's doing so well opening for the Sixers at the moment with Healy because over in the World Cup she was pushed down to seventh and she actually didn't bat much in the series that Australia played New Zealand um, in T20s here in Australia just beforehand. So Mm -hmm. people have been talking about her Uh, not getting the recognition she deserves and and calling for her to bat higher. Um, And and one of the reasons that the Australian uh, selectors justified her batting lower in the order was that she couldn't hit the boundaries that people like Ash Gardner and Healy could just the sheer power that they have with the bat. Um, so she's really come out and proved herself in this women's big bash so far, and I think she's sort of got a point to prove. Um, but before uh, this season, before making the century, her previous high score was 91 not out, also at North Sydney, and she was upstage that day by Ash Gardner, who made the fastest uh, hundred in women's big bash at the time. That was the opening weekend last year. So. She's been a really good batter in this competition for a while, um, and and now it all seems to just be working for her. I think she's got that extra motivation considering... Uh, the dropping uh, down in the, in the batting order for
1: Australia. She obviously fancies North and the over because she obviously also got two hundred there in a Test match against England. So it's obviously yeah, Bear Park yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Brinny, I want to ask you like the, the like the like what w- why are the six so good. I mean, like, they've got half the Australian <laughs> team: Ash Gardner, Alisa Healy. I, I might I note that you pronounce her name Elisa Healy as is correct, whereas we last week just called her Alisa Healy all all mm. during the interview. So that's obviously hugely incorrect, Elisa. Mm. Perry, Elisa, Healy, Ashgard, I mean, this is an Australian team playing in a big bash. Like, how did they lose that first game, first of all? And then, what, why are they allowed to just play the Australian team?
5: Uh, I, there's a loophole with the marquee signings this year. Mm, uh, so, there seems to be a, a bit of a loophole in the fact that if you weren't contracted to your country before a certain point, um, it doesn't, You don't count as a marquee player, even though you might be considered in, an international. So right. they've, got, um, they've got Kiwi player Sarah McGlashan, who can hit really hard and isn't currently playing for New Zealand. So um, she helps them out at uh, sort of the top end of the order. You've also got players like Zane van Niekaak from South Africa and Marianne mm-hmm. Kap, who are contracted. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know how they get away with having so many of them, mm, but I guess,
2: mm,
5: mm. Um, yeah, and also having that New South Wales contingent, as I sure. mentioned, um, being made up from mostly from the breakers after that. So you've got your Lauren Smith, your Sarah Ailey, players that have been winning competitions for New South Wales for a mm. long period of time and are just dedicated to the Sixers as well.
0: Well... I mean, everyone knows that, you know, if you live in Sydney, you've got to be in on a rort somewhere. So I think Mm. the cricket sides are just (laughs) exploiting legal loopholes. Let's talk about you for a second, Brittany. So you made your ball-by-ball debut for Grand San over the weekend. I mean, ball-by-ball commentary is one of those things where just, you know, fans and uh, people who judge it are just completely unforgiving and everyone thinks they'd be excellent, absolutely excellent at it. Um, Mm. How was the experience? How did you find it? Uh, What's the feedback been?
5: Yeah, um, it's interesting. North Sydney's a hard one to call at because no matter which broadcast box you're in, you still can't see the scoreboard properly um, just because the sight screen behind the bowler sort of covers up the overs and, and the batting lineup and all of the wicket. So that makes it difficult. Um, but it's good to start with a challenge, I guess. And uh, the other thing is because women's cricket is becoming so popular, now when you go to a ground... My internet won't update, like, my 4G doesn't work properly, so I can't
0: get... Come <laughs> on, the North Apple. Sydney. <laughs> Even in North Sydney. It's how in the NRL yeah. spots. Yeah. Update this stuff. Yeah, yeah so. so that
5: was quite interesting. But, um, look, we had Renee Farrell and Joe Broadbent, coach of uh, the Thunder and, and the Breakers, with us, and they were just a hoot. They were so funny. So uh, the feedback's been good in terms of it was interesting to listen to. Um I've been doing ball by ball for Cricket OZ and for uh, Cricket New South Wales for a couple of summers now, so sort of just progressing onto the ABC and yeah, just just keen to keep going from here.
0: Um, Brittany, uh, look you know, we're just three guys trying to learn more about women's cricket because we, um, ashamedly know too little about it. Um, I I just noticed a particularly... (laughs) Have you still
5: got your cricket for dummies, the women's cricket? Absolutely. No, it's
0: framed, it's framed on my wall. The, yeah, you ladies who leg spin, um, women gave me that. I've put it up on my wall and I, um, I revise it every day. But, but, you know, in the wake of Australia's recent T20 victory, um, we're all starting to pat ourselves on the back a little bit more about there being more women's cricket on TV and getting behind them a little bit more. But, I mean, can you tell us what, you know, what, more needs to be done um to raise the profile of the game
5: yeah it's a really good question um it's funny women's crickets become popular hasn't it and i mean i'm not complaining but it's just funny how many people now are interested and claim to be experts in it um now that the men's team isn't doing so well everyone's pushing the women up and that's amazing um because they deserve to be recognized for the hard work that they put in but There is still lots to be done, and actually I'm gonna give myself a little plug here. Um, The ABC Cricket Magazine this summer features an article that I sort of worked with Alex Blackwell on, and it talks about uh, four key areas that Australia really needs to explore in terms of um, developing women in the game. So last year the MOU included women in the pay packet for the first time, and that was massive in terms of um, pay for our actual players. Mm. But in terms of coaching, uh, we still need a lot of work done there. Uh, high-performance managers, which is actually someone that looks after the team, whether it be the men's Big Bash team or the women's Big Bash team at a club. But um, there's not many women working in that. Actually, there's none at the moment because I interviewed someone called Morai um, Closer from the WACA who has now departed there. Um, mm-hmm. So there's no women working in that space. And in administration, uh, there's still plenty to be done there too. And uh, something I'm really interested in is how Cricket Australia is going to come back pregnancy over Mm. the coming years because we've got people like Healy and Perry, both married, 28, edging towards their 30s. And, Mm. you know, they might not be interested. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but they might be interested in Mm. having kids. Do they get to have kids and come back to the game? Does Cricket Australia implement a policy like Netball does where they have babysitters and you're still signed on a contract while you're pregnant and sort of just have your baby and come back and treat it like an injury? Um, Yeah, what happens there? So that's really interesting, and I'm wondering how they're going to combat that in the coming years.
0: Mm -hmm. Fascinating stuff. (laughs) That is really interesting. I mean, surely they actually... Have a policy already on that? I mean, they wouldn't be the first females to have babies who play for the uh, play for the Australian side. I mean, if there's no policy there, that's that's a disgrace, <laughs> to be honest. Mm. Um, <laughs> but if they need to improve it, then that's what they should do. Brittany, uh, thanks so much for joining us and um, wowing us with your knowledge and helping educate everybody else as well. I'm um, great to have you on. I'm sure we'll catch you later in the summer. Best of luck with all your ball by ball stuff uh, as the summer uh, roars on.
5: Thanks, guys. Thanks for chatting.
3: Christmas is coming, lads. Christmas is nearly here. Um, I don't know what you guys are going to get for your dads or your brothers or your sisters. Don't get your boomer father another pair of generic cotton socks this Christmas. Or he a, hates that. Or a Peter Fitzsimons book about something to do with war that I've never yeah. heard of. A yep. big hard copy uh, Peter <laughs> Fitzsimons tome is not what your dad or Tobruk your brother or, or your sister shit. wants on Tobruk or some shit. <laughs> Maybe you should get Jesus. him something different, something colourful. Um, not another non iron Van Heusen shirt. Get him some budgie <laughs> smuggler yeah. kit. Lads, there's plenty available, isn't there?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not fitting into that Euro cut Van Heusen shirt anymore. No. And nor are you. But no, I mean, Budgie Smuggler, um, (laughs) it's nice to the audience, isn't it? Yeah. No, they've got uh, a massive range of Christmas wear. It's not just exclusively the budgies that you wear, there's non swimwear items, there's some colorful, loud socks, some Hawaiian shirts, uh, and it's all like 20 bucks. It's all extremely reasonable. Uh, Real crowd pleasers. Good kit.
1: I like the retro vibe of the, if you have, you take a photo, you look back at it in five years time, you think, is that 1983 or is it 2018? I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I like it. Because
0: 83 is in. You can get it online, budgysmuggler.com.au. You can also get it at some physical stores as well. Where are they? Uh, There's there's, there's one in Manly. Look it up on the internet. Do your research. Uh, there's a Christmas pop-up in Fortitude Valley, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. on 707 Ann Street. So that's for our Brisbane listenership and also in the UK. If you're listening in the UK, Old Street tube station Linny the uh, the CEO but lives near there there's that whole pop-up uh, section around there me just trying to show off that I've been in London and um, no Linny. yeah mm. yeah and, mm. and then I know Linny mm. uh, so there, there's, a, there's a pop-up shop in the UK as well so that's non swimwear stuff twenty bucks for socks a couple of good Hawaiian shirts in there as well of mm. course you can get your budgies bugiesmuggle com au. or go there physically <laughs> Dave Higos. Uh, a different interview here in some respects. The numbers are still very impressive when we always yes. start with the numbers. An average of 25 with the ball at first class level for New South Wales and over in New Zealand too. And a test debut that broke records in a couple of respects. Uh, I'll read something from the New Zealand Herald here. Five years ago, this 34-year-old chartered accountant was working in Sydney, watching the Black Caps from afar as he battled away in grade cricket on weekends. But last week in Abu Dhabi, this man was one of the Black Caps heroes as they claimed their first award test series win over Pakistan since 1969 on his debut he took four for 75 in the first innings three for 52 in the second helping the black caps to a 123 run triumph he finished with seven for 127 and 12 off 99 balls in the first dig as well as batting four in the second innings which is where Martin Crow batted um, <laughs> I've uh, never seen such universal admiration and congratulations for a bloke um, as I've seen on Twitter when he debuted last week Um, He's an Asian series winning black cap, a New South Wales cricket cult hero. I'm pretty sure we're at the same cricket camp when we were 11 and I think he was six foot then. Welcome to the show, Will Sumover. Will, hello.
4: Hello, Yeah. thanks for having me guys. Jeez, uh, what a you, pleasure.
0: You, you're very welcome. So you've kind of like, you've uh, transgressed Australia, New Zealand, you've sort of been um, uh, all over the shop when it comes to your cricket. Can you like just help piece together the story for us? Let's start with grade cricket. You've played a lot of Sydney grade cricket. So like like what, like what what's your grade cricket story? What does it mean to you, Sydney Test Cricket? Uh, well,
4: yeah, I guess I grew up in Sydney. I went to school in Sydney and Dad came over to to Sydney, when I was nine years old, for his job and took the family with them, obviously. And so I grew up there and played for East. I played all my junior cricket at East Cricket Club, sort of under 12s and onwards, basically, and played PGs and Green Shield for them. Um, and then, yeah, made my first grade debut when I was 18 under Mark Patterson, who's played a few games for New South Wales and um, he's a bit of a legend at East Cricket Club. And I played with guys like Jason Swift and um Justin Deary a lot of lot of old East names that are guys that have all been messaging me in the last few weeks. It's been really cool. I bet you've heard from a yeah, lot of people in the last few weeks. You uh, guys coming out of the woodwork, eh? Yeah. 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 The <laughs> the tax officers. Yeah. Well. No, it's been amazing actually the level of support it has been unreal. Yeah. Um,
3: Will like Australians have long been fascinated with um, Kiwi cricketers and how they, you know, how they're lovely people on and off the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. kind of interested, you know, what are the cultural differences at the grassroots level in New Zealand, if any? Because um, you've obviously played in both um, Australia and New Zealand at, le- at that level. Like, why are we such terrible humans? Is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I
4: would not terrible humans. I just think cricket is much more of like it's in the blood in Australia it's much more it's taken a lot more seriously I think I found I know the big difference I found when I moved to Dunedin from Sydney playing club cricket in Dunedin it was guys were just doing it for fun and doing it I mean I think people do do that for, in Australia but it's much more part of the community and part of this like you guys have played great cricket, and, and you know, there's that. It's, it means a lot to people, and it it it, it certainly means a lot more. I think it's, it's just taken a lot more seriously than it is in New Zealand. It's more like a hobby and something that guys are doing for a leisure activity on a Saturday. It's not we're going out there to rip guys' heads off and and you know take ten wickets and not, let's be ruthless and win the game at all costs sort of thing. That's kind of the difference. I, I feel. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the great cricket that I. had wonderful time at East and at Sydney University and had had a lot of success at Sydney Uni um, Mm. and really loved my time there. Um, As you guys know, a few of the guys from Sydney Uni, Mm. um, it's another club that's great people and a a rounded lifestyle and guys are studying and playing cricket. Right, Um, East and Sydney
3: University. So safe to say that you've never seen a syringe on a field. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not quite
0: true. I, you know, I played yeah. out of camp. So, uh... Rabies good like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to pick up the vibe here, Will. You very much sound like a New Zealand cricketer. You sound like an extremely yeah. nice person here. So yeah. I'm just I, something's just uh, something's <laughs> askew, and we're going to keep um, driving into it. But um, yeah, like fine. like to, to the, that's fine Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks. Uh, but but like you know, congratulations on the Test win. You mentioned in the press how emotional you were when you got. At home because it's been such a long road. I mean, you're talking about playing, you know, for Easts and Sydney Uni and whatnot, and now you're over in Abu Dhabi, you know, as part of record-breaking series wins. And you, you talk about um, you talked about coming back to your family, who you were excited to see, and you couldn't wait to see your kids and give the wife a hug and all that sort of stuff. About the you know about the sacrifices they've made. You know, how was it yeah. when you saw them? What did they say? Um, you know, and can you kind of explain the sorts of sacrifices? Uh, maybe your wife or kids have made for your professional career, given it's been so intrepid and you've gone on such a long road.
4: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's I mean, it's, it's like anyone's girlfriend or wife when they're playing great cricket in Sydney. You don't see them for the weekend. Well, <laughs> <But laughs> yeah. that's, that's one of those things, and i weddings and yeah. things like that. All those things that guys are trying to play first grade and trying to play for New South Wales. Is, you have to make those sacrifices, really, if you want to commit to a club and play a full season of first grade. Um, so that's, I guess, there's those those little things along the way, or big things, if you if, if you if you want to say that. But um, certainly, the biggest thing for Elle and her family lives in Coogee, down, and we lived in in Sydney. So. Um, the biggest thing for her was bringing bring the kids to New Zealand and away from her her mum and dad who just lived down the road. That's sort of the biggest sacrifice mm. in the last, obviously, three months. We've just moved here, 1st of September. So that was a huge thing for her to come over. And, yeah, she spent a bit of time in New Zealand with me. And I have family here, but they live in Wanaka, which is central Otago, what, south of New Zealand. So it's two-hour flight away mm. to my parents' Um But we'd, I have some mates from university here as well, so there's a little bit Of a community that we've got in in Auckland, which has been really really cool to get back to seeing my uni mates a a bit more, Mm. Um, and yeah, obviously they're my friends as well. They're not necessarily L's as much, but. She, she knows them very well and their wives are, are lovely and we've got we do have a very good relationship with all the my mates from Uni which has been awesome.
1: So well you were literally playing for New South Wales and you made the the active decision to go across to Tasman to pursue <coughs> international cricket. Then you get picked yep. in the in the, the the squad to tour the UAE and then you know Todd Astle injured then Ish Sodi not being picked for the third test. When you went over there, were you even expecting to play? Were you sort of hopeful? Do you just are hoping for the best? What what, what were you? What were your thoughts going into that? Um, yeah,
4: the, the, the tour. I think that's yeah, that's that's how I would go. I was hopeful to play, and so I wasn't expecting to play the first test at all. I didn't really expect, um, yeah, to to play, especially that first <laughs> test because they had the two spinners over there already. So, I, based on teams that I've been in the past, you always sort of give the guys that you've got in the squad already the first crack at an opportunity. Um, so that sort of made sense to me. They played the. Um, two spinners um, in the first two tests, and I was sort of after that. I was like, sort of, well, there's a chance they might want to change things up for the third test, and I was, I was hopeful. And then obviously I'd been bowling well on the nets and trying to impress the training and all that sort of stuff, and just doing my thing and trying to, trying to be the best cricketer I could be while I was there. And eventually they, they decided to give me a game, which was really cool.
0: It, it, mate, it yeah. is really cool, and I think you know people will be listening to your story just thinking, well, you know, I mean, you're obviously a Total worldly as a cricketer but you know in, in the um in the context <laughs> yeah. of world cricketers you know you're a, you're a club guy who's stayed on the path followed the dream and then got your opportunity and something that you'll always remember so like can you tell us as somebody who's kind of you know grown up playing at uh, you know Waverley Oval and stuff like that? Mm how different is it to then be thrust into the middle of a series-defining test match against Pakistan on, you know, a dusty wicket? Like, how, you know, can you describe how different is it to, say, cricket at Waverley Oval or something, you know? Is there something different about the atmosphere? What, what were you thinking coming into bowl your first ball? There's four questions there. Answer them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: yeah, all at once. Yeah, well, obviously it is quite different. Uh, there's, I guess there's a bit more... It's, it's a bit more of a high intensity environment that's for sure than a Waverley on a Saturday Waverley's still a beautiful place to play cricket but the wicket there <laughs> disrespect the disrespect to Waverley yeah actually it's probably a much more nicer place to play cricket in <laughs> the, <laughs> the middle like of the, shouting, the desert how's but... that
3: from a car in yeah. the UAE <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: <That's ridiculous. laughs> nice cafes down the road too you know it's got yeah. it all there really Yeah. Um, rather than <laughs> the middle of the desert but it was yeah it was the deciding test and there was a lot of I was a lot of, very excited to be playing that test match obviously and um yeah all the things that had come before me had been 15 years upon 16 years of playing cricket um four years playing professionally and it's something i would wanted to do my whole life so yeah I was extremely excited and coming to bowl the first ball I was pretty nervous it's a bit of a blur actually I don't really remember the first like two or three overs so much. And then I kind of got into my rhythm in that first innings and um, had a longer second spell that was I had a bit of success with and, yeah, managed to finish them off at the end, which was cool. And then in the second innings, I was kind of pretty fired up after we'd had such that, witnessed that awesome partnership from Williamson and Nichols to get us back in the match. Mm. And then coming out on a fifth day wicket in a test match to try and win the game like what more could you want as a spinner it was kind of an absolute dream situation and then to have that first over get two wickets i was kind of like pinching myself like how oh, this is actually happening um, mm. and then yeah went on from there i kept bowling well and just trying to be patient and sticking to my to my thing and trying to do yeah do my thing with, with the ball and work out the batsman and yeah, ended up getting Saifraz, which was quite a big wicket, and I was pretty fired up about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then uh, yeah, we won the game, which was
1: great. I mean, something that's spoken about sort of worldwide with Pakistan in particular is so like how quickly they can fold. Did you guys speak about that? Like, you know, obviously their capitulation in the first Test match, um, where, where you guys defended mm-hmm. um, you know the total so well, but Pakistan just followed us seven for forty or something, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, when when you guys you guys had two and a bit sessions to bowl them out, and you took eight wickets. It's an essentially a session. Was that were you, are you guys aware of like how quickly things can turn when you're bowling to Pakistan, sort of you know defending a total?
4: Yeah, it's, well, yeah, we did. We talked about that absolutely before the series started. Um, not the fact that we were playing Pakistan, but the fact that things happened really quickly, right. and the same thing happened to us in Dubai. We we, we lost nine for 40 or something stupid, like nine for 60. I think we were none for 50 and all that. Yeah, we were none for 50 or that 90 in that first innings. And that we got blown away in that one session because we batted quite well in the second innings, got 300, but we were still... 20 behind, sort of thing, so we lost one innings. But yeah, we knew that things could happen quickly in these the subcontinent conditions or the Middle East conditions, you know, where we were, where it's hot and dry. And uh, if a spinner's on a roll and you're playing, facing a world class spinner like Yasser Shah, who's pretty unbelievable the whole yeah. series, he took 30 wickets, um, you, you know, he can get a roll on pretty quickly and things do happen really fast. Yeah.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know as well, like, um, about what. Basically, what uh, the New Zealanders think about what happens, you know, with the Australian team and sandpaper and stuff—is that is that something they, they speak about and how Australia are going to change their approach? Uh, obviously, you've you know traversed both uh, countries across the Tasman, so you kind of have a foot in both camps. But you know, do, do the Kiwi guys at all speak about you know the, the way Australian go about the cricket and what happened there in Cape Town? You guys talk about
4: us? Uh, <laughs> not about, not about, not about Cape Town at all, actually, specifically. But right. there's what well, there has been quite really positive discussions from New Zealand point of view, because New Zealand were trying to emulate Australia for so long, because Australia is now you know a big brother across the water that was dominating tests in international cricket for so long, and mm. is is a, the cricket's the number one sport there, and so a lot of the Kiwi cricketers and the way that New Zealand tried to emulate the try to emulate australia to to be on the same level as them, whereas now I think there's a much bigger feeling in New Zealand of we play the cricket our way, and that's been a hugely I guess inspiring or whatever you want to call it, but it's 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 made the culture and the environment here have a real purpose and a and, you know, doing things our own way, uh, which is extremely positive. Um, yeah. mm, might have, uh, might have gone free. And and, and things.
0: Mm. We got 360, Will, sorry to interrupt you there. You know, I think right. um, some might argue that Australia's trying to be like New Zealand now. Uh, in a lot of ways, <laughs> yeah. I think um, yeah. we might struggle too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, to, do, to do that. Um, yeah. We'll move on to the throwdowns component of this, Will, so apologies in advance yeah. where the joke's wrapped up in the question and there's not a <laughs> lot for you to do, so i will um, yeah. uh, totally <laughs> indulgent. Let me kick it off, uh, Will, uh, you've been both a full-time chartered accountant as well as a test player, what I want to know is, do you think it will be more satisfying turning up to training with Kiwi gear on, or does it still feel
4: better rocking up in a suit? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad shout. I remember the first day I turned up to East, training in my suit, because i had been, I finally got a job, I was trying to get an accounting job, and one of the guys said, that really suits you, and I was like, thanks mate <laughs> as I turned up to training for balls in the Dark at 6.30 out of yeah. the <laughs>
3: There's just this isn't really a throwdown, but just how has working yeah. as a chartered accountant helped you in the cricket sphere? Has it assisted your career in any way? You know, namely with connections and networking and great clubs, or <laughs> uh,
2: out any, wise,
4: any benefits yeah, to great. you know
3: getting that CA? Uh, uh,
4: I, I think just giving me a pretty good perspective on life and how good it is to being a professional cricketer. That's <laughs> certainly something yeah. I've. Uh, not necessarily all the guys that I've played with um, have that perspective because they've gone straight in under 18, under 19s level, and they've got a contract as an 18-year-old, and they've they just played cricket their whole lives, and that's you know that's wonderful and awesome. But I think yeah, that's I've got a bit of a different perspective to some of those guys.
3: Yeah, Will, so following your, you know, the 49-year drought-breaking win in the subcontinent where you guys shocked the world by defying the local conditions, uh, the trickery of the hosts Pakistan to record a historic triumph that could forever reshape the longer form of the game in New Zealand, Australians are dying to know the secret. How did you guys manage to get beers in Abu Dhabi?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we had connections. We had uh, a good guy there, John, actually, who worked for OW Cricket. It was a Kiwi. He um, uh, he looked site, after man. us. Good. Yeah, there's always a way. Yeah. Not the other John was uh, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's
1: John. Uh, well, obviously, uh, twelve off ninety-nine rocks in uh, in the first innings. Yeah, there, I just I just just <clears throat> want to know: um, Would you consider moving back to Australia and playing as a batsman in that top six?
4: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that would have been the Fox Sports headline. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, Will, is, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a really simple one. You were there for the Pakistan, like that, that Pakistan collapse. Obviously a great win for the Kiwis, etc. But like, how much were you guys laughing in the change rooms afterwards? After <laughs> like,
4: the first? Yeah, third like, third like, third. with full
0: respect to all your efforts for actually bowling out a test side and stuff like that. You, 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 there has to have been some laughter.
4: Especially when the collapse started after a run-out. There, oh, yeah, there, was there
0: was a little, little laughter, for sure. Yeah,
4: there's, uh, yeah that, that was quite... An astonishing win, really. that's
1: one it was an amazing comeback. Um, well, does anyone in the New Zealand team talk about how the All Blacks are killing rugby in Australia by being the greatest sporting team of all time?
4: No, I haven't, there hasn't been much doubt about the All Blacks actually. That's a lie. Yeah, that's it's, a lie. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> 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 no, don't worry. Um, uh, Will, um, on the 16th of September 2017, you retweeted the Dalai Lama, uh, who said, what we need today are universal values based not on faith but on scientific findings, common experience and common sense. Do you believe sandpaper contributes to the swing of the cricket ball? I oh, know, just kidding. Do you, but seriously, do you think more New Zealand cricketers believe in climate change than Australian cricketers? <laughs>
4: oh, wow. That's, yeah. Just with the
0: whole scientific finding stuff, I presume that's what the Duck Dele uh, was was dog whistling. Yeah, almost definitely, yep.
4: Sure. Yeah, that's great research. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say, even.
0: Say it's even. Well done. Yeah, good, well good done. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, all right. Well, well Well done with that. That was, um, that was probably about as wild as they've got, I think, uh, the throwdown So you, you, you've done well. Um, congratulations on behalf cool. of three of us and um, all the Australians uh, who um, are really happy to see you succeed over there for New Zealand. You've obviously got um, uh, Sri Lanka's coming up. I'm sure you'll feature at some stage in the test calendar over the next 12 months for New Zealand. There's England and then you've got Australia. So that should be another series win for you guys. Um, and yeah. so, uh, congratulations. Congratulations on your debut from New Zealand. Thanks for joining the cast. Uh, we'll speak to you soon.
4: Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for having me.
0: This summer,
2: we've got the biggest renovation challenge yet. Two teams will have to transform not one, but two broken down grade cricket dressing rooms Every single week there will be tension.
0: What even is Great Cricket, Dazza? Why do we take time off work to do this?
2: Come on, Charlesy. Work hard, love. Ha <laughs> ha! There will be drama.
0: I just I just wanna make this perfect. Great cricket deserves a great home.
2: But when the reveal comes, there will be joy.
3: Oh, 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 oh god,
2: lads! Boys, look at this, right?
0: Results! <laughs> Results!
1: Ever since the missus booted me out, and took the kids, I've been sleeping in this dressing room.
0: It's a second home to me, literally. So this is this is really special. For us to be able to come in and give these great cricketers a beautiful new dressing room, one they can drink their beers in, sing the club song, judge each other in the showers, yeah, you know, it makes you feel good.
2: But this ain't no charity. Not when the stakes are this high. I'm not here for a bloody holiday. If I wanted that, I would have gone to Bali or Thailand. It's Australia's toughest renovation competition. Winner takes all. If I have to dish out a little bit of chin music, I will. <laughs> Presented by Australia's favourite knockabout blue-collared larrikin millionaire. We're giving great cricket the Reno makeover it deserves. Renault Rampage, coming soon.
1: Here we go, lads. Hashtag ask TGC But before we do, a final call to our Perth audience over there in the West. The best in the West. Mm. We're coming to you on Friday. We're performing at the Wacker. Our first live show was in Adelaide on Thursday. Fuck, it was F- loose. First night of the test. Yep. We were going to release it as a podcast. That was the idea of it. We we're going to celebrate the cricket as itself, meeting the uh, meeting, meeting meeting the fans here in South Australia for the first time. It got about 15 minutes in and we thought, there's no way we can release this. It got absolutely wild. Yep. The audience mm. were absolutely fantastic, except yep. For four it's blokes different. who wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, they got kicked out. Yep. Um, so good for them.
3: <laughs> One of them laughed
0: like a hyena or yeah. a strange yeah. baby ghost. Very
1: distracting. Uh We
0: were expressing we, male sounds yes. coming from the back of the uh the room. But, yeah. but it was boisterous, really, because people boisterous. had gone to the cricket all day fun. and then just bowled on over. So, yeah, there was a nice energy in the room for yeah. those who'd good had energy. a few drinks. Ed Cowan uh, came and joined us on the stage. Obviously, unbelievable talent and uh an extremely good responder to mm. heckling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you said, here. He goes, yeah, once uh, it started to get into kind of R and X-rated territory or mm. defamatory territory or <laughs> Cowan saying things that probably shouldn't turn up in public, yep. um, yeah. we decided <laughs> we're not releasing this live. In fact, it's mm. going to become a, more of a lock-in style yep. scenario. So if you want to hear, yep. you know, not so much what we really think, because we do say that, but if mm. it, it, if you want the loose stuff, mm. uh, the live show is kind of yeah, where that that it's that's, that's, that's the new angle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well,
3: we're going to grab everyone's wallets and well, we're just going to grab their wallets, <laughs> yeah, and but also guy. their phones, so yeah. there'll be
1: no camera recording of this mm, podcast. Yeah. It's purely for internal yeah. and
3: purposes. And we'll
0: charge the phone as well. Yeah, that's what yeah we, yeah, should, we yeah. should
1: charge the phone as well. A service. Anyway, so we're going to be in Perth on Friday. At the WACA, tickets are still available. You got to get around us because I tell you, what, Adelaide was one of the most fun things we've done, it and it was a really great audience. So thank you very much to those people who came along. We sold it out. It was yep. awesome. Uh, Melbourne and Sydney were around the corner. Um, that is going to be absolutely enormous as well. But yep. in the meantime, that's after Christmas. But in the meantime, Perth coming up on Friday. Please do come along if you are thinking about it. Bring a mate. Come from the cricket. Um, celebrate. Uh, you know, the cricket being in town with us. Alright, hashtag ask TGC. Chris Watt says, Grey cricketer, morning lads. Morning. After seeing Ashwin bowl in sunglasses in the Test match, it made me wonder: Is this an alpha move from Ravi, or typical of a rare unit?
3: Well, it can only be binary, can't it?
1: Yep. Yes,
0: it, yeah, that's exactly right. Because and like, can't just
3: be a bloke wearing sunglasses.
0: Especially difficult because spinners are particularly rare. It's what it's like." Um, it's kind of like wearing skins in grade cricket. Like if you're in fourth grade or fifth grade and you don't have a semi-decent rig or you haven't sort of made a a half century at third grade level, skins look really bad. Mm. But if you sort of scored a half century or higher – uh, in in that grade or higher, in mm. third grade, you can probably pull off skins, and I think it's the same thing for wearing speed dealers while bowling in a test match. Interesting. If you have three hundred plus wickets as uh, Ravindra Ashwin does, then mm. you're good to go, baby. You wear whatever the fuck you want, mm. <laughs> you know. And uh mm. it's almost like um, it's almost like. Poker playing as well, He can't see what his eyes are doing. It's like marathon runners who don't want to give anything away. But what would his eyes be it. doing?
3: Uh, is there anyone who who is ever bold who has a give with their mm. eyes?
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> what about Muraly, you know, which was actually yeah, yeah, worked yeah, yeah. for him? Imagine if yeah. Muraly wore, wore speed dealers. Was like like it like when Jordan
3: poked his tongue out mm. when he went for a dunk or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. facial yeah. A give. Yeah. yeah.
1: I've noticed that in the WBBL and the Women's World Cup, a lot of girls bowl with their hat, with their hat on. Yes, which in is village in men's cricket, but it's actually it's actually functional and yeah. sun smart, of course. Yeah. Um, in that capacity, obviously wearing speed dealers is not functional unless you are selling you know, illicit substances on the street. Very I functional. remember um, Brian Lara once when he batted at Adelaide, he with sunglasses, he yeah, batted with I speed on but that's yeah. fucking Brian Lara, it does yeah. do what he wants so to your point, Pez, you've answered that correctly yeah. you are awarded one point. Samri Antel says, hashtag AskTGC, having watched your excellent first show on 7 Cricket, I think you should screencast all of your podcast shows as Ian Higgins is a great rig and he would increase the number of female cricket widows in the audience laughing face. What I feel I, good about reading that out The first thing I
0: thought, and yeah, the, the thing I enjoyed most um, about this question was reading it and then remembering that Higgo's actually compiled these questions. <laughs> yeah. And I remember uh, like, it was like, who's going to do the Ask TGC yeah. compilation this week, lads? Yeah. Well, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it this Very week quick to because say. Because he'd obviously just yeah. received a notification. And, <laughs> and he just read that question as though he hadn't read it like three times. Yeah, He's yeah. like, uh, as uh, uh, Ian underscore Higgins uh, has a great rig. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! Well, I've already well, started reading. Do we need to address, it, so well we need to address the pipe pipes gate from last week? I mean, I'd like to address it and say I commend you on your rig. Congratulations! I think more men need to support each other in their bodies, um, and you certainly um, were showing your body a lot. But uh, how so. much did he alpha for you, other guys, with his big rig?
3: eh, boys! <laughs> oh my God! That was ninety percent of every interaction yeah. on social That's that we good. got following the episode it's good to work I hope you enjoyed the show yeah but what about and this episode I'm wearing a hijab
2: Mm. (laughs) yeah How about his pipes, sir? Uh,
1: David Craig says, uh, In a team full of polite, well-behaved introverts, i.e. rare units, one bloke is full of macho, posturing, and loud sledges. Does his out-of-place alpha behaviour actually make him the beta cuck in this scenario? Is alpha entirely contextual in general? Discuss, please. (gasps) Discuss, please. Yeah. Uh, Is it please? It's generous. Well,
3: I think it's interesting... So this guy's from England, obviously. Alpha is contextual (laughs) because... um, as we know in the wild, obviously, having watched many <laughs> David Attenborough documentaries, yes. two alphas cannot coexist. Yes. But I did notice that mm. in their recent S.H.I.E.L.D. game, Stoinis versus mm. Pattinson. Mm-hmm. That was a great alpha showdown. Yes. I'm not sure if I'm answering his question. but No, uh, no that, that, that is, because, is very interesting because, because what you're it.
0: dealing with there is what I perceive to be old alpha versus new alpha. Right. Like Stoynis was a new age, like um slick oil based rig. Mm. Um whereas Pattinson was like (laughs) a thick trunk (laughs) (laughs) was thick trunk hairy rig. Oh uh, right, yeah. And and muscles and like bodybuilders in the eighties versus
3: bodybuilders today.
0: Now like I think that this footage with um exactly that I think this footage Coleman versus like Ziz.
3: Yes. Yeah, yes, Cameron
0: Smith rugby league versus Cristiano Ronaldo.
3: Bare oh, yeah, exactly. arms versus waxed arms.
1: Yes. See, I saw this as actually more of a like like the Chop King, like the old Chop King, not ready to release the throne to the new Chop King, the up and coming mm-hmm. Chop King. Yeah, yeah, I just keep saying Chop King out loud. Yeah. Uh, as much as those, I mean, the Chop King is generally alpha. I don't think you can be a beta Chop King. Those two, those two uh, oxymorons. I wage uh, that
0: you can. Yeah. How? Well, it, I mean, what is alpha? This is this <laughs> is the question. Like, what does it mean to be a like strong man? <laughs> um, go on, on. Uh, Have a go Well yeah. I'm, I'm really yeah. glad you asked Sam yeah. um,
1: a Pipes few, A few points there <laughs> yeah. Leaders Yeah As yeah. Yeah. I, like, I unbutton my shirt yeah. um, What does it mean to be alpha? I think, I think well, automatically as an alpha male You have to be attracted to the opposite sex
0: Okay That's interesting Because
1: But even if you're not physically You have to posture it as if mm. you are yeah. Um, you walk around the animal enclosure preening your yeah. whatever the you know, feathers, peacocking.
0: Peacock exactly. peacock Okay, well, I think
1: we're skirting around the issue. It's Faf He's yeah. he's the king of the houses. He's a, he's a mountain goat with a harem following behind him on a cliff.
0: Well that's the classic alpha, but I think what David Craig is asking, that's a real name, that's not us making up a name and mm. just we just like Craig David. Um and I'm sure he's had that joke before, and I apologise, David. I think I did it last anyway. Week. Uh He's basically talking about an England situation. Like, if you're in a group full of like uh, introverted, intelligent intellectuals who all treat each other very well mm. and are kind of um, actually yeah. a bit retiring when it comes to stepping forward, perhaps right. dare I say, like a, a team player who's afraid of the spotlight. Mm. Does, do you end up finding like is the alpha mm. in that group the person who yeah. is most like that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because so play for the author's eleven, mm. and I would say yes the the greatest intellect and the most retiring player and the mm. best with the best when it came to politeness was in its in his own way the alpha well i think the alpha mm. requires in his own way the
3: alpha male requires a couple of not beta males, but a couple of sub alphas to kind of prop him up and make yeah. him feel big that he can kind of build on and feast mm. upon that positive energy. If everyone else in the room, say it's a business room, yes. say you're in a meeting or say you're in like a screenwriter's room or whatever, mm. and everyone else is kind of subversive and beta and, and quippy mm. and he's mm. just displaying outdated alpha stereotypes. Yeah, the, gonna, jungle would be be the jungle would disagree well,
0: they wouldn't it? The jungle is just, you know, so if you've got say, the best pipes, so leaders rig, and you have the most sex, you yeah. procreate, you yes. win, you kill people, yeah, you're yeah, violent. Yeah,
1: if you're if you're mm. gene. Yeah, you're violent. you procreate. But can the beaters yeah. rise up? Like, is
3: strength of numbers
1: something that can
0: it's happen? It's a question in? for Attenborough. Isn't I it? think can a little bit. I think
3: in the beaters environment. rise
1: up. So in the team of like in this team of like well-behaved people, and there's like one alpha person. Right. Th- there will be a king alpha of yep. the nerds, like king of the nerds. But then if like Marcus Steiner comes into his team, he's going to be the alpha, and then he'll have ten, um, you know, yep. sub. Okay. Do you feel so? Like, having
0: walked around, yeah, this, this podcast is going on, but like, mm. um, having walked around the, the, the press box and seeing the like the retired alphas of yes. Australian cricket, yes, right. is there any part of you that, as uh, you know, yes, beat a cut question here, but like, is any part of you that feels for them a little bit like it'd be exhausting being the relentless alpha, right? You just you're sitting at the table, your people are coming mm. to pay tribute to you. You've got to always no, be the in al- game. But the alpha feeds off being the alpha. So once you are that, but do you ever think they get home at night and just lie in bed and go, oh, I just, I just want to read a bit of Chaucer? No, you know? I want to, <laughs> I want to just. Oh, no, they don't. No, do it. no you're no. saying that as, as an alpha.
1: No, I'm not, no, because no. you shut that down no, pretty quick. Because I know who you're talking about specifically in but the a press lot of, box.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and no, he doesn't do that. No, he, doesn't he doesn't do that. He goes that. to play poker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He gets NDA forms ready yeah. in their personal lives <laughs> for media agreements. Sorry. Are
1: we done? Did I we think answer, we're done. Did we answer it? I think yeah. we finished it. It's All done. right. Uh Thanks very much to Brittany Carter and Will Summerville for joining us on the show. We're about to film the Channel 7 show, Episode 2. That's going to be – oh, by the way, uh, you can get it everywhere. You can just look it up. So please stop asking when it's on. You can get it live yeah. on, what, 7, what on 7 Plus. On? It's going to be on 7 Plus. There was some tech issues last week. It's on 7 Sport. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. You can also get Social. it on YouTube. Yeah. You can find it anywhere you like. If you've used the internet before, please stop asking us how you find it. Okay. See you next week.